right. So I'm glad they did not leave my microphone on while we were singing because y'all would all not hear another word coming out of my mouth because it would be bleeding bad your ears, that is. So, hey, so glad you guys came out here this morning. Um, I am not Andrew Tate, the lead pastor here. I'm a little bit fatter, a lot more balder, and... um, I'm Jack Hare, the student pastor here. I want to give you an idea of what's going on here. He's like, what are, what are all these folks doing up here? Our youth group just came back from a missions trip to Harlan, Kentucky. Um, and we're, we're really excited about what we saw God do. I'm really excited about what I saw God do in our kids um, while they were up there. Um, and we're going to let you guys know a little bit just about how awesome our God is and, and how we saw God work in a mighty way. We took 34 up to Kentucky um, with us. Um, I know that as Andrew was talking this morning about, um, man, just the devastation we saw in El Paso now in Dayton, you know, we look it's like, man, where is this world going? This is what I want you guys to understand. Um, our youth of today, uh, you know, our generation, the generation before we, you know, I remember they would tell us, man, this generation's going to something in a basket, right? You know, it's like, you know, it's just, I'm worried about the future, you know. I'm going to be honest with you. Man, I just went with 34 Jesus freaks up to Kentucky. I'm not worried about the future. Because here's the deal, man. We have got some students over here who were sold out for Jesus. And Jesus changed the world with 11 guys. Man, I got 34 that went to Kentucky that are ready to change the world now. And so with Jesus working in them, I I think, you know what? So... I think we're going to be okay. I want to introduce who I have up here, and they're going to kind of explain a little bit, talk to you guys a little bit about what happened in Harlan. You know, some of the things I told them said, listen, they don't need to know. It's it's like Vegas, right? Not everything that happened in Harlan needs to go out of Harlan, right? You know, and so I said, but there's some stuff we do want to tell. So, um, but here we go. We've got over here, we've got Hannah Tomley. Hannah Tomley is going to her senior year of high school at Lugolf Elgin. So, um, and she actually, this is a trooper here. She actually just got off a 10-day missions trip to Guatemala, basically packed up and then went to Harlan for another week. So I think that's, again, that's our youth doing that, serving you know, spreading the name of Jesus, which is awesome. Linda Dingus here is going to be a total mess. So if you've got any, I'm probably going to need toilet, I'm going to need some tissue up here because she's going to cry. So I'm just going to go ahead and let you know. Uh, Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got, uh, Linda just graduated, by the way, just graduated high school. So she went on this trip. Walker Ganey is one of my youth leaders. Um, Walker is kind of like, yeah. So Walker is like the strong arm of the youth group. He is my right-hand man whenever I need something. To, hey, Walker, will you go handle that? Never do I say, do I hear, no, Jack. It's like, got it. You know, he runs over and does it, and I really appreciate that. Um, Walker graduated two years ago. And then we have Heath Irwin here who was going into his senior year also at Lugolf Elgin High School. So we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Kentucky. Again, guys, they don't need to know everything, you know. Um, so, all right, we're going to go down to each one of these guys, kind of do an interview thing. So um, my first question is going to be to Walker right here to my right. Tell us a little bit about the camp that you went and worked up on at the mountain. Okay, so not only was I blessed to go work with these kids, um, I was also blessed to go up and do some other missions work. I would take um, six kids up to the mountain, and we would go to this camp um, that was up on the mountain, and it, it was full of these beautiful trails, all these like different views. 
that's had crosses with Bible verses on it as you were walk through the trail um, to where we were cut. Uh, we would dig digit, uh, ditches, I'm sorry, and weed eat, cut limbs, everything like that. Um, and that, that was definitely one of the toughest, it's not all about me moments of the trip because it was very hot. <laughs> and, so you're thinking mountains that ain't hot, it got hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was hotter hot. there than it was here. So it, it was, at one point, it's got miserable. Now, here's the thing, what you're trying to say. We had two separate camp things going on. We had one toward the bottom of the mountain where we were working with children. And then there was a youth camp that um, during the summer, uh, this facility would bring students in constantly throughout the summer um, to just kind of love on them, present the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And so this particular week, they didn't have any campers. And so we went up there to kind of help them out with cleaning the facilities and stuff up. So, and Walker was kind of the guy in charge of taking a group up there daily and just basically saying, hey, what do you need us to do? You know, and so, and that was our constant theme throughout the week was it is not about us, it's about serving Kentucky. And so if, if, if it went from cleaning toilets out, hey, I don't care how bad it is, that's what we're going to do because it ain't about us, it's about serving. And so he took a group up there again every day that we were there uh, and, and really helped that camp out. So my next question is going to be for Hannah because Hannah had like a, a very unique experience <laughs> up at this camp that I was like, hey, you know what, she's got to share this. So tell them a little bit about your experience working up on the mountain camp. Not the, the kids' camp, but the mountain camp. Yeah, um, it's a funny story. So I went up on the last day, and I had Maddie and Taylor with me, and we were actually inside one of the buildings, and they had asked us to take down the ceiling tiles, and... Um, kind of like the ones that they have like in the school so you know you hit them and they just kind of pop out and so we were kind of getting through them pretty quick we're standing up on a table and uh, Mr. Bill had told us you know kind of push it away from yourself because like dust and stuff has fallen and so we get through the first couple and like some rat poop started falling out so we're like you and then some like acorns started falling so we were like maybe it's squirrel poop either way you didn't want it on you and then the ones by the beams were kind of the hardest ones to get out. And so I got to one of the ones on the beams, and I'm just kind of, like, knocking it, trying to get it down. And I hit it one time, and, like, a little bit of the rat squirrel poop fell. And then I hit it again, and, like, a shower, if you will, <laughs> fell on me. And <laughs> so me and Taylor had been standing on the table and I look at her, and she's kind of like looking at me like, do I laugh? Is she, what is she going to do? <laughs> and for whatever reason, all three of us in there, we're like, Walker! And so Walker comes running up the hill, and I was just still looking at Taylor, and I felt like tears start falling out of my eyes. I think like the sleep deprivation had kind of kicked in at that point. And so I like threw myself off the table, and I go running outside, and I like ripped the mask off. I looked like a psychopath. And... um. At that point, like, Walker gets up to the top of the hill, and he's like, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I'm laughing while I'm crying, because I'm psycho. And so Maddie and Taylor are telling him, you know, like, oh, my gosh, funniest thing happened. And Walker was like, I don't know, I just heard you guys scream, and then I heard, like, you snotting from the bottom of the hill. And it was, yeah, I had to walk around with animal feces in my hair the rest of the day. So it was, it was a good experience. That very, very humbling. That was definitely one of the funniest, scariest moments of this trip. <laughs> like, the flight of stairs that I had to run up, 
was like zigzag and it was like 12 things like I literally felt like I was running up a mountain and like I, I did hear her snot from the bottom of the mountain by the way it sounded like a crappy job <laughs> all right Linda so all right Linda so here's your question you had a God moment while working up on the mountain camp yeah, so the day before, I worked at the kids' camp, and the night of, I do Bible study every night. So uh, I got a verse, and it was Ephesians 6-7, which says, Serve with good attitude, for it's for the Lord and not the people. Okay, so I write my little notes, I put it away, go to sleep, say my prayers. The next day, Walker had asked for, and I was one of the first groups to go up on the mountain camp, and Walker had asked, hey, I need six people. And I was like, oh, I can do this. It's just a little landscaping. (laughs) Um, Didn't know the Lord was going to test me that day, but he sure did. Um, So I raised my hand because something in him was like, yeah, you have to raise your hand. Um, So we get up on the mountain, and I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? Um, But as soon as, you know, we're known to complain as human beings, and as soon as I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I would rather be at this camp, like at the kids' camp or uh, with service or with some AC, God quite literally knocked me on my butt because I sure fell down the side. And I don't think if I didn't have raised my hand to go up on this mountain, I would have fully understood what my Bible said he was trying to tell me, that it's not about me, that I'm here to serve, and... Yeah, so thankfully I did raise my hand to go on this mountain, and God was surely telling me, "Hey, this is your, this is the reason you're here to grow in your, grow in your faith, and to understand that it's not about you. Your faith is not fully about you. God tells you to serve, and He calls you to serve, and you're supposed to follow. And I learned that on the mountain that day. That's awesome. Now I'm gonna talk about the conversation you and I had for just a little bit because we were sitting at a table and I remember her telling me she was and and she's in tears at this point um, and she's just basically explaining she says you know this bible study she went through and she says you know the kids camp is fun she's running around with little kids and just seeing the joy on their face and and you know kind of experiencing that you know and I remember her sharing and saying man this is awesome this is fun she goes on the mountain wasn't fun but I knew it wasn't about me. It was about, hey, this is about serving Kentucky again. It's about serving more than just me. She goes, you know, serving me would have been with the kids, you know. And so I thought that was really uh, a mature way of looking at that. And I was like, man, she's got to share this, you know, because I thought that was awesome. Because sometimes what we want to run to the fun stuff, right? It's like, hey, I'm having fun over here for Jesus, you know where she went up and really went outside of her comfort zone and Jesus really stretched her at that point, you know, because it wasn't what she wanted to do. But when she came back, she says, but I was so blessed because I went outside of my comfort zone and I really went here um, trying to have the right heart. And here's the thing, you talking about like the most energetic person in the morning was this one. Every morning saying, good morning, you know, and kids are like walking around like zombies, like shut up, Linda. Ain't nobody got time for this, you know. But every morning she pushed herself to have the right attitude. And she told me, she goes, I'm not a morning person. But she was pushing herself. And I thought, man, that is amazing. That's awesome. So, um, all right, Heath, here's your question, buddy. 
you worked with the kids camp all week long. Tell us a little bit about what that was. How did that look? Explain to these guys, hey, if you were a kid and you were walking into this camp that we were running, what are you experiencing? All right, so the camp ran from 10 to 2 every day, and the youth, we'd get up there about an hour earlier every day and go in and set up. We had three different stations that the kids would um, revolve around to. We'd have an arts and crafts station, a sports station, and a team building station. And they'd go to two different stations, and then we'd go eat lunch, and then we'd go to the final one and have like a big game at the end for the kids. And um, the arts and crafts station, we'd have like a little craft for them to do, and then had a Bible verse to go along with it. And then the sports station, they just had fun playing around, just enjoying um just enjoying it and then the team building station they um we just had little games little exercises for them to do that showed them it's better to work as a team and you can get a lot more accomplished working as a team than you can by yourself that's right tell us your role what we, now your role was different than other people's roles during that week yeah, uh, I was a team leader, and um, as I said, we had uh, three different stations, but then we'd have team leaders. Uh, we had three different teams, and uh, our basically what we did, as soon as the kids got there, we'd get them all excited and pumped up and energetic and just, like, pour, like, our love into them, just get them, like, make them as happy as they could be, and just, like, I prayed... Every day going up there is like, God, fill me with your love that I can just pour into these kids because I knew, like, what my role was going to be. And, like, we were, like, the first line of, like, energy for the kids. And they didn't need none. They were full of energy. <laughs> and uh, we'd go with them from station to station. We'd have our little group. And then we'd just help them with anything they needed. Like, I made so many trips back inside to get water for those kids. Like, they said it was so hot. And I was about exhausted just from running to get water. And we just go around station to station. If they needed help with anything, we, we were at their beck and call. We had, um, we would split the kids up. The, the, the theme for the week was superhero. You know, you can be a superhero. And so um, we had the Superman group, um, which was, uh, I believe that was Wyatt Whitfield. And who was Wyatt? Bree, Bree DeLeon. And then we had the Spider-Man group, who was Isaiah Tate and I think Reagan Anderson. No, Savannah. Savannah Stiltner. And then Reagan Anderson and um, who was her partner? Heath. Me. Yeah, you. you know. <laughs> and y'all were Captain America, you know. And so we did Bible studies around those characters and their unique qualities and things like that. But those guys would take six or seven. We would break the group up, six or seven kids, and their job was to pour into those six or seven kids. Now, everybody else's job was to pour into all the kids, but their job was specifically, hey, you're going to lead these guys around, you're the ones that are going to be on the front line, and you're going to be the ones really building relationships with your kids, you know, and so we've really seen that happen with, with some of the things. These guys sitting over here, you see a lot of blue shirts, um, here's the deal, man, if you want to, go talk to them, like, I would love to have all of them up here telling you, like, what they experienced, but we would be here, like, for a month, you know, trying to go through each one of those guys, and, and so, because um, each one of them had just a, a God moment during that time, so, you know, pull them aside, and each one have unique, different stories, so, you know, if you get the chance, so, all right, Linda, next question for you is this, what did God show you this week? 
So um, God really stretched me this week. I really grew in my faith. But I probably became known as the girl with the Bible because I had it everywhere I went. And I did Bible study after Bible study. And um, it just so happened I was doing one about serving the Lord. And I, pro- I had a couple conversations with Jack about it. But um, it really stuck out to me. Like, everything we do is for purpose. And... I didn't really realize my reasoning or purpose. I was on this trip probably as fast as everyone else. Um, Because I went and worked at the kids' camp one day, and I was like, oh, cool, I don't have a kid. Um, Everyone else has a kid. They're pouring into this kid. And I'm like, I'm teaching arts and crafts. But through my Bible study, I learned that I was there, and he put me on this trip so I could grow in my faith. I was kind of at a standstill in my faith, and I learned that he sends us. And I had a couple Bible studies, like Mark 10.45, I think, and I ended up giving it to Walker one day because kids really didn't want to go to this mountain camp. And I told Walker, I said, share this with them. And it was, for even the Son of Man was sent to serve, not mm. to be served. Mm. And I sent it, I gave it to him, and I was like, look, they're going to have a bad attitude, but you need to, because it's not fun. It was not fun at all, and you could see the kids come back from it and be, like, worn and tired out. I told him, I said, send this to them and tell them no one is above serving, and no one is greater than God, and if God sent Jesus here to serve, then we should follow Jesus' lead. So I have been stretched to beyond measure this week. Um, And I thank Jack for allowing me to come on this trip. And I thank God for sending me on this trip. So I think everyone can take a little note. We can just wrap it up now. (laughs) I I think we're done. No, I think we have some more. (laughs) And and when Linda gave me this Bible verse, uh, we were all sitting there. And I was trying to get another group of kids to go up there. But nobody wanted to raise their hand because they knew how hard the work was. And I was telling them, like, if y'all not raising your hand is making it about you and not wanting to serve this, serve on this mission trip. When Linda said this Bible verse, you could hear a pin drop in this whole thing. Like, and then all of a sudden, hands just started shooting up. I was like, good job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, Hannah. Major question here. We went to serve the kids in Kentucky and, and, and impact their lives. But how did the kids in Kentucky impact your life? Um, so I was kind of like Linda by the end of the week. You know, everybody was kind of tearing up because they were like, oh, this one kid, you know, really impacted me this week. But I didn't feel like I had that one kid. So I was like, oh, you know, I didn't, I didn't do anything this week. But um, I was kind of fortunate at the beginning of the week, Jack came up to me and asked if I would take pictures for the trip. And so every day I wasn't really sitting with just one group I kind of got to float so I got to meet all of the kids and kind of have a one-on-one with them at some point throughout the week and um I kind of became like the person if the kid didn't want to talk to anybody else they were like go get Hannah because she'll talk to him because I'll sit there and talk for 30 minutes and you can just nod your head and you know we'll have a conversation but um Like, I remember this one little boy, I think it was his second day, it was our second day there, and he didn't want to do any of the activities, and um, so I went and sat with him, he was at team building, and, you know, the rest of his team's doing their thing, and 
he was like, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. It's, you know, stupid, this and that. And um, I was like, well, look, you can do it by yourself with your, you know, get up there with your team or I can hold your hand and we can do it together. And it's amazing how much a middle school boy does not want to hold someone's hand. He got right up there and did it. And so, you know, by the end of the week, I kind of had kids coming up to me like at lunch. Um, I remember one day this boy would come up and he was, you know, um, his first question was, how do you stop cussing? And, you know, we had a discussion about that. And then by the end of the week, he was asking me, you know, I want to work at a camp like this. How did you get involved in this? Can I come work with you guys next year? And so, um, you know, it was special kind of being able to see these kids. A lot of the kids come from um, foster home situations. And so for them to kind of put their trust in you was really special. Was that Braden? Yeah, Braden ended up becoming, because he wanted to help, he was the hand sanitizer kid. So as soon as the kids were coming in, it's like, hey, you got, and he didn't miss anybody. He's like, no, come here. You need some sanitizer, kid, you know, and so he, he was, but he was a big help. I thought that was awesome. Like, you could go and wash your hands after we came back from the mountain. He'd be like, uh-uh, no, you still got to get hand sanitizer, dude. Oh, dude. Oh, and yeah. I was like. <laughs> so, all right, Heath. Now, Heath, Heath has a really unique experience because Heath, made a really unique friend while he was up there. So let us know a little bit about that. All right. So my little friend, his name was Jonah. He was this three-year-old little ball of energy. But now he is four because his <laughs> birthday was yesterday. Um, he, uh, it was Wednesday when they first got there. And um, he became on my team. And then he was – he we were at – sports at that time, our group, and this was our second group of the day, so they came a little later. As soon as he got there, he was with his older brother and then said hi for like two seconds and immediately took off. He ran somewhere, and then I was like, uh, Reagan was my other team leader in our group, and I was like, Reagan, can you please take care of the kids? I got to get this one. We got a runner. <laughs> <laughs> And so I chased him down, and that basically became our thing the whole week. He was, he ran around, it, no, just out of the blue. He would take off, go somewhere, and I'd go follow behind him. And then I found out that uh, flipping water bottles for him kept him busy. So we did that a lot, and then bouncing a tennis ball back and forth. So uh, whenever, like, he got tired, I guess, of doing whatever we were doing, he'd go run off, and I'd be right behind him to go chase him and uh, just play with him. And, I mean, he was just a little ball of joy. And then one of the um, biggest things of the week was, even though I was with him for two days and he barely even knew me, uh, the very last uh, day when they were getting ready to leave, he came running back to me and he was like, will you come to my birthday party this weekend? And I was trying to convince Jack to let me stay for two more days. <laughs> that way I could go to this little kid's birthday party and it just broke my heart that I, that I wouldn't be able to. And, um, but he just, oh Lord, I love him to death. This is one of the few times we've ever seen this man cry. Dude, it would be like the kids would be playing knocker ball, and then all of a sudden you see Jonah run, and he's right behind us, like, oh, there's Jonah. <laughs> and there's he. You know, and it would be over, you know, team building. Oh, there goes Jonah. <laughs> there goes Heath. 
Dude. I'm telling you, this kid was faster than Flash. And this, this kid may have been three years old, but he could flip a water bottle like it was a pro. Like he was a pro. Like he was sticking them places. The world never, champ, baby. Yes. So, all right, Linda, you had a moment. Again, you had many moments, you know. But tell us a little bit about Fashion Thursday. Okay. Um, so Thursday was our last day. So it was already kind of emotional. And I probably had Jack on the verge of tears in the first five minutes we were there. But uh, the day started with Gracie, Jordan, and Chloe giving John and Ethan a pair of shoes. Because if you would have seen their shoes, you'd been like, oh, well, like those aren't even shoes at this point. It's some cloth on your feet. And when they were giving them their shoes, you, you could hear John say, but I don't want to put them on because my socks are wet. Um, so you could tell, like, they don't really have the best situation. There's no place for them to put their shoes inside because we had it rained the night before. Immediately, uh, Mother Adrian and Tabs went to Dollar General to get these boys some socks. And the joy on their faces from shoes that were from Walmart <laughs> that Gracie and Chloe had paid out of pocket for was astonishing. You know, if someone gave us a pair of shoes from Walmart, we'd probably look at them and say, oh, thanks, but they wouldn't be our favorite. So that's how the day started. And I think I turned to Chelsea while, we were, while they were giving them the shoes, and I was like, you know, I love that we did this for John and Ethan, but I look around and I see kids wearing shorts that aren't really shorts. They're like pajama shorts, and they're wearing them multiple days in a row. I see uh, kids wearing shirts that don't really fit. Um, They either have holes in them or they're super dirty. Um, And you could see Ethan and John had switched clothes throughout the week. Like They would wear them one day, and the next day the other kid would wear them. And so, next thing I know, Chelsea's running inside, talking about, uh, you want to go to the thrift store, we'll pick out some clothes. And it just so happened that a person from this church... Yep, the Rollins. The Rollins had uh, planned to donate clothes, and we had three bags of clothes for girls in the back of the truck, and then I, I jumped at the opportunity to go look through them. So, as I'm... Organizing clothes, uh, we asked counselors who had brought kids there to come look and see if they had sizes. Um, and as I was talking to one of them, she had the, like, one of the girls was the perfect size for all these clothes. And she looked at me, she goes, I feel so bad for taking so much. And I said, don't. I didn't even give her a chance. I said, don't. I said, if she fits them, take them. And she was telling me about her story and that her name was Alea, which works out perfectly because the Rollins have a kid with the A, and she took all the A stuff. They had embroidery. <laughs> they had monogram stuff, and I yeah. was shoving them in her bag. But she was telling me her story and how she was living with her grandparents because her parents were in jail. And the grandma was trying her best to support six kids um, but failed most times like anyone would do. Alea, she was telling me that Alea had basically nothing and that she was sharing clothes with the six other kids. At that point, I was like, oh my goodness, you have to take everything. Um, so I was shoving stuff in her bag, and she went home with a bunch of clothes, 
two new shoes, basically new, um, and a lot of socks. But then there was other ones, and I felt so bad because you can't give enough. Um, And we didn't have clothes that fit some of the other girls. (laughs) But um, at the end, we did have some good success because every boy who needed clothes went home with clothes that day. And I was matching up clothes, and I got to help pick out a lot of outfits. But um, Kellen, which was one of them, he, the first day he came, um, I can remember because he had a shirt that didn't fit. His little stomach was hanging out at the bottom of him, which looks cute, but I know he's probably a little embarrassed of it. So when he got he got two new pairs of shorts and two, three T-shirts, and he couldn't wait to tell everyone. Um, these $1 shirts from the thrift store, I may remind you, he was over the moon about. Um, I remember him going outside telling Chandler, hey, look at my new clothes. Um, look at my new shirt. Look at, look at my new pants. And he thought it was like the best thing in the world. Um, And then there was Christopher, who kind of got the short end of the stick because he wasn't in there when we were picking out clothes. Got two new shirts that fit him, and he went outside automatically. I think he told Gracie, look at my shirts. They have Power Rangers on them. Um, So it brought a lot of joy. But I think the best one was when I let Ethan and John come. And they were the last ones. Um, John picked out a couple. And then Ethan had a lot of stuff left that he could pick out of. And I was already going to put everything in the bag anyways, even if he didn't pick it, because I knew it would fit him. But he walked in, and I said, hey, you want to pick some clothes? Um, in the look of surprise and excitement on his face could probably get me through the next two years. Um, he immediately started grabbing and grabbing. He's like, oh my goodness, for real? This is mine? And I said, yes, it's all yours, it's all yours. Um, I did not have to just pack everything because he picked everything. And I remember I was trying to fold clothes and put them in a bag, and I was overwhelmed with joy. Um, and I wish y'all could have seen his face. But... You can do it. We knew this was going to happen. Just going to let you know. Um, God really showed me how selfish we are. Mm. Need me to go to Hannah? Um, anyways, we were, I mean, I felt so selfish because these were $1 t-shirts from a thrift store. And... They were over the moon about them. You would have thought you would have given them like a house or a new puppy because of how wonderful they felt and how, how much joy they had. But I'm thankful to say that I was given the opportunity to call this project almost mine because I did get to run it and that you were was kind of over fashion I was Thursday. kind of yeah, yeah I was kind of over fashion Thursday but yeah well, thank you so all right Hannah 
they've heard some of the stories, but they hadn't heard all the things that we did. What are some of the other things that we did while we were up there? Outside um, of the two camps. Yeah, so aside from our camp and working up at the mountain camp, um, the building that we were staying in, it you know had our rooms upstairs, but then downstairs they would run a soup kitchen every night. And so staying in that building, we kind of got the opportunity to come serve with them. And so we'd send a group of about seven or so of our people every night. And um, I got to go down the first night. To and, feed the homeless. Yes. Um, so yeah, to feed the homeless people coming through and... Um, so yeah, I got to go down the first night and, um, it's easy to get a little frustrated in those situations because you think, okay, so these homeless people are going to be, you know, so warm, welcoming and this and that. But, um, you have to remind yourself, especially in a place like Harlem, that a lot of these people have issues with drug addictions. And so they're not going to be, you know, oh, thank you so much for this all the time. They can get a little irritated the same as all of us and um so that was something that I had to kind of focus on was okay how am I going to respond to these situations and um as the week went on you kind of saw the same people you know they'd be sitting out on the porch when we got there and um some of them were oh how are you and then some of them just kind of gave you a look like what are you doing here and um so aside from that we also got to work with um an evangelist group from the area and we got to help them set up this tent they were having a big community picnic um the next night and it wasn't you know okay you have to be a member of this church it was just something for the community somewhere for people to come and get a meal and um one of the boys that went to camp him and his mom actually showed up and we found out that his mom was blind and so we got to see him you know kind of walking his mom to the food station this little six-year-old boy holding his mom's hand and saying, okay, here's the food and going to take her to her seat. And she actually shared her testimony while we were there. So we were able to get involved with the community as well. And this wasn't no like little tent either. It was like tent revival tent. Oh yeah, man, that's it. Big tent revival was going on that night. So, hey, uh, last question for our group is this. Walker, this is your second year um, going uh, on this mission trip to Kentucky. And so the question I have for you is, how has this impacted your relationship with God? Oh, Lord. Um, well, going down there, I didn't realize that I was only halfway in with my faith. Um, I thought that I was completely in, you know, running the small group with Chandler and all them on Wednesday nights, singing or playing in the band every now and then. Um, I realized that I made it a lot about me. Um, and going down there, seeing all these kids, how they had to live, um, how much we take everything for granted when we're here. Um, like they said with John and Ethan with the shoes, John was tripping everywhere because his feet were coming out of the end of his shoes. Um, and I, that really opened my eyes. Um, and then one night, one of the last nights, I think it was the last night, we did the encouragement circle. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is where we everybody that wanted to be in the room uh, was in a circle, and we had a chair in the middle. And one person would go sit in the chair, and about five or six people would go around saying what they think about you in an encouraging way. And the moment that Jack raised his hand for me, I was like, oh, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> um, but he definitely opened my eyes to where Jack definitely said... Um, Walker, if you would just put both feet in instead of having one foot out, one foot in, I think um, 
your servant heart would be, um, I'm sorry, um, I, can't, I can't even remember. Um, <laughs> you need me to help you? Yeah. No, I just told him, I said, man, I said, right now you're at a point where one foot's over here with God, but one foot's in the world. And I said, if you could throw both your feet in with your servant heart, I said, the impact that you have on those students that you're loving on, I said, oh, my gosh. I said, would just grow exponentially, you know. And, and my thing is like, man, but what you going to do? You know, do you want to go live over here and just be about you? Or do you want to go over here and be about God and impacting people? You know, it was pretty much what I was getting to him. Yeah, and um, definitely hearing that made me realize that, the way that I was living and making everything about myself was not the way that I needed to live. Um, and, God, and, and God showing me that, it definitely grew my faith a lot. And on the way home, I, I literally thought about all the times that I've complained about the small, inconvenient things that have happened. And then there's these kids over here living this life, and they don't know any better. They don't know that they could have anything more than what they have and seeing the faces that they have in just how open they were to having us down there and um, the smiles on their faces tore us all up because they didn't know that they could have it any other way. That's right. So, Listen, you've heard about this stuff. We've got a little video um, that that, has been made to kind of show you, you know, some of the faces and some of the things we did. So if you guys watch the screens, we can do that. All right, these guys are going to move these tables off. I want to speak with y'all real quick, real briefly. Uh, Man, we did incredible things, and you see how um, some of these kids were impacted by us just going, but also we were blessed by going because of um, just just loving on those kids. But here's the deal, man. I want to talk to you guys for just a second about this. A lot of times I get a little aggravated with churched people because sometimes what happens with church people is I hear this thing. It's like, man, I just want to go to Sunday morning. I just want to be fit. Right, you know, I want to. I want to hear the word of God, and I want to be fed. And so, and but this is what is happening in our churches, and it's one of these things that has happened for a while. Is this is we've we've got this mindset of hey, I just want to open my mouth, and I want to get fed, and I want to go have Bible study, and I want to get fed. But all we are creating is fat Christians. And so what I want to tell you is this, man, listen, you can sit there and say, hey, feed me, feed me, feed me. But if you're not doing something with it. You're not doing what Jesus has told us to do in Matthew 28. He says, go out to all nations. Not just the ones like in the four corners of this church, but everywhere. And it doesn't necessarily mean you need to go to Guatemala or Kentucky. Man, just go to Walmart. And you've got a missions field right there. You know, but what I hear a lot of times, like, I've got to get fed. I've got to get fed. But here's the deal, man. There are people who have been going to church for 50 years that know a lot about God, but they don't know God. You get this head knowledge, and you correlate this idea that, man, listen, my faith's going to grow because of this head knowledge. Your faith isn't going to grow because of head knowledge. Your faith is going to start growing when you start being the hands and feet of Jesus. See, when your heart, when you give it to Jesus, and it combines with the head knowledge that you have of Jesus, but then all of a sudden you're using your hands and your feet for Jesus, that's when you grow. And so what I want to do is, is I really want to challenge you guys to say, hey, you know what, how do I grow my faith? I grow my faith not just by reading the Bible, not just by coming here, not just by getting a small group, but start serving. 
Start getting involved, man. We've got these two ministries here on Sunday morning in our children's ministries, 252 and Wonderland. They are starving for help over there. But all of, sometimes what I hear is like, well, I don't want to miss Sunday morning because I got to get fed. Listen, you want to eat? Go serve over there. And I'm telling you, you want your, great, your faith to grow? It will when you start using these. Our kids over here are not theologians. And you saw the impact that happened with how, how just um, loving those kids and serving those kids. They grew exponentially this week. Why? Because they were willing to step out on faith. Some of these guys were scared. But God used them in a mighty way. Why? Because they were willing to be vessels for him. And so my challenge to you guys is, man, where can you go and serve so that your faith can grow? Let's pray real quick. Lord, I thank you for, man, the the team that went to Kentucky. Lord, I thank you for your son most of all, Lord, because that is what we were trying to do was just go love on Kentuckians the way that you would do it. Not to make it about me, not to make it about Friendship Baptist Church, not to make it about the youth group, Lord, but to make it about you. And to say this, man, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then stop and listen and then be obedient. Lord, as I pray, as we get ready to worship you, Lord, I pray, Father, right now that you just work in a mighty way. Lord, that we just push stuff aside. And at this time, man, we just glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords because you deserve it. Lord, thank you in your name. Amen.